Hello and welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm Beth, a creator-based coach with CMH Coaching for Life. I'm here today to help you and those you love create a life you feel grounded and at home in. Think of a life where you feel peace, love for those around you, and in a flow with just enough challenge to keep you happy and creating something wonderful. Sounds like magic, but it's not. You can create that life every single day. You can have a life full of love, excitement, hope, and creation. Our mission at CMH Coaching is to flood the earth with light through compassion, mindfulness, and hope. And I'm going to ask a favor of you. If you like what you see and hear today, think of someone you know that would enjoy and benefit from this message. Our mission is to flood the world with compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Share this with them. But for now, this is time just for you. So settle into whatever you're doing and enjoy this time with the girls where we create that one awesome, amazing, perfect life every one of us is seeking. It felt just like my birthday because I got to have this opportunity at the pulpit, which is always so much fun. You look out and you make eye contact with various people. You see the couple who are falling asleep. You see the kids that are messing with whatever they're doing underneath the pew, you know, and you're having this conversation with 15, 20 people out of the 200 that are there, you know, and <laughs> it was just so fun. Everybody listened, I guess, in their own way. But then I got this morning and I'm like, it still feels like my birthday. Why isn't it like, because oh, I get to be interviewed today. And I'm just excited. I'm like, I have voice. I get to say something. Uh, crazy. I would have never expected it to feel that way. And that's cool because that's a change for you, isn't it? Oh, yes. Um, I was nervous before I spoke yesterday, but mm-hmm. I used um, the shift that I've been learning as a creator. Yeah. You guys, I don't know if you know this, but the first time I got up to share my, or to have a prayer, to give a prayer in church, I was so scared. I couldn't even speak. It was just a little whisper into the microphone and sit down as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just terrified. And so it has, this is a really big shift, but one of the things that's made a big difference is the creator mindset. Because in the creator mindset, it's not what's the problem to be solved. It's what is the opportunity and what do I want to achieve here? And when you're sitting, getting ready to talk to a bunch of people and you're nervous to begin with, to be in front of a group and all you're looking at is the problem to be solved. Well, the problem is to still my heart and to slow my heartbeat and just to get out of the space because I hate it. And that just made me more nervous. But when I started with the creator mindset, I'm like, okay, well, what's the option of my optimal? What do I really want to accomplish here? Well, I want to share my creator's message with whomever needs to hear it. And so that kind of pushes you on the back burner and brings the message of the creator forward. And it's just so much better. Changes my whole life. Mm. It's what lets me be here today. (laughs) That girl that whispered into the microphone at the pulpit could have never been a life coach. Wow. And, you know, just the amazing things that have transformed since that girl at the pulpit 
right? Girl at the pulpit, the, the whisperer. Yeah. Started as the little girl who hid in the closet in, in um, kindergarten and cried and just didn't come out. And so we grew from there to the girl that whispered in the pulpit. So at least I got up and went to church by myself, you know? Wow. That's good. Yeah. Yes, a very shy, very shy child. That's amazing. This is and to, and to go all the way from there to have it be, it feels like my birthday. <laughs> and we're talking about, no. grit. We're, we're talking about grit and grace and that's all part of it. You know, yeah. um, gosh, in Brene Brown's book, rising strong, one of my favorite, favorite books, um, she talks a the beginning of the book, just it sucked me in because she uses as part of her platform a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. So I'm going to just start with that, you guys, and get those juices flowing so you guys all can kind of feel where we're going today. Um, this is part of uh, Teddy Roosevelt's. It's called The Man in the Arena, and it's an excerpt from a speech that he gave back on April 23rd, 1910. Oh this is timeless. It's relevant. It's been, it was relevant then it's relevant today. And so let me just read this to you and, and get thoughts. So it's not, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. What are some thoughts that come to your mind as you hear that? Do not want to be a cold and timid soul. It reminds no. me of, it reminds me of limp spaghetti, you know. <laughs> wow. That is yeah. Yeah. Daring greatly. That's <laughs> daring, daring greatly. Daring and greatly. something that, that Brene talks about is she's like, let's focus. You know, all of that sounds wonderful. And we all love to tell our story about, okay, we started here and look where we are now. But oftentimes what happens is that messy middle part gets forgotten. That struggle that happens in the middle when we're in the arena. And so think about arenas, you know, we we're in an arena every day. We are, whether we're a mom of young kids or teenage, or whether we're a mom, adult children, whatever it looks like, um, we're in the arena. And some days are really good days and we do really great things. And we're like, yeah, give me my, my mom patch. You know that I, I earned a record for that. And other days it's just like, oh my gosh, I wish I, I could do that day over again or do that 
that conversation over again or you know let me suck those words back in (laughs) I wish those had never come out yeah right and and that goes for it's not even if you're a mom but we as people we as women who are out working and with other people and interacting and we're gonna have moments when we're in the arena and you know what does that look like like when you guys think of an arena, what do you think of? What first comes to your mind when you think of an, an arena? The Roman Coliseum. Ooh, that's a that's a big arena. Yeah. Big yeah. Jen, what comes to your mind? Oh, I think of that too, because actually I've been there. So I think oh. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it's, that's it's not a it's not a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. I'll bet there's not a great vibe there. There's not a great vibe there, but it's, I don't know. When I think of the the times I have been in my arena mm-hmm. um, and I, I have had outside critics, but I've also had inside critics. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I've had to do battle against both, but mm-hmm. you know, I love that quote saying, you know, it doesn't matter because I'm in there doing it. Yep. And so, you know, I sometimes have to tell myself, you just be quiet because I'm doing it and I'm, I'm actually doing it. I may not be doing it perfectly, but I'm doing it. So just take a back seat, you know? <laughs> mm. Well, and I love mm. all of the, the points of failure in that quote, mm-hmm. you know, he oh. comes short again and again, you know, and keeps yeah. failing. And I believe that is called failing upward, right? Yep. It, just it truly trying. is. Yeah. We're failing upward. Yeah, you you come short again and again, and yeah. you err, and but you're striving. I love the word. You're striving to do the deeds, right? Yeah. I'm striving. I'm still working at it, and I'm gonna have to dust myself off, and I'm gonna have dirt on my face sometimes. Sometimes it'll be mud. <laughs> sometimes it's a horse arena, and it's not mud, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Cause that's the second arena I thought of was the horse arena. Cause my daughter used to ride, you know, and I'm like, yeah, in that dirt, it's not nice. No, especially if you come off, you yeah. know, right. That's a really good example. You know, when you're out there and you're performing on a horse and you don't have total control. I mean, you, you'd like to think that you do, but you don't. And sometimes you end up in the dust on your face and you know, it's just how do you get up from that? And you know what? Sometimes in the arena, sometimes there's silence when something happens. Yes. Like, right? like when a runner falls, the crowd goes, yes. there's that collective gasp. Right. Yeah. And there's silence. Are they okay? I mean, we just experienced that last month with the football player on the Buffalo Bills who went down from the heart issues. Um And then sometimes you get the jeering of the crowd, you know, people that are laughing and pointing at you and, you know, tell either telling you you're doing it wrong or I told you you were going to fall. I told you you were going to fail. You know, why did you even try whatever that looks like? Right. So, well, we all have experiences in our life. And today we're going to hear from Beth. Like she said, we're going to have a conversation with Beth and you know, Beth, I we know that you had a lot of experiences in the arena. You know, you've had you raised nine kids for goodness sakes. 
How many That's a fair number of experiences in the arena? Right. A daily. How many days we could add that up? <laughs> no, but we figured it out one time that in the time that I was married, when we were having children, I was pregnant or taking care of babies for 25 of the 45 years. Wow. Yeah. And when I started thinking, I don't do well with pregnancy. So my family had a lot of time in the arena as well. <laughs> Well, okay. So let's think it, let's think about that because you're in the arena, you're pregnant and it's, you're not there alone. Right. Oh, so mm-hmm. what did, what did that feel like and look like, like going through those pregnancies and what oh, were some face down things? <laughs> the thing is, and I know we've talked about this with yeah. grace and the face down moments, mm-hmm. but I, except for wanting to suck words back in, because there's something mm-hmm. about pregnancy that loosens my tongue. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Except yeah. those, you know, there have been two or three times, well, maybe more than that now, but um, <laughs> where I have said things and I just wished I could suck them back in again, you know, just take mm-hmm. back words and you just can't. And so those were a big deal. But in pregnancy, I don't remember a lot of face down moments. We had one really difficult birth that was a face down mm-hmm. And that was real scary. And I remember a lot of fear, but um, again, Heavenly Father intervened. It was one of those things where the baby was born after considerable prayer. And when I took him to the pediatrician the next day, he looked at the baby. All my babies were born at home. And Mm -hmm. so I took him to the pediatrician the next day for his checkup and just took one look at him and went, oh, he's not supposed to be here. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you could take one look at him. He was born with his, uh, what they call a full face presentation. So instead of his head being cocked back, it was cocked forward. And that's Mm -hmm. big to be able to come out no matter what size. And so that was a miracle for us. Was it a face down moment? No, not really. It was just scary. You know, and I think that this like fear, fear is a face down moment. Think about that because you're not facing up, right? No, we were definitely not facing up. Right. Yeah. So think yeah. about that. That is, that is a face down moment, you know, so yeah. when we're thinking about those, maybe some of those emotions we go through. Yeah. Cause it was really scary and disheartening mm-hmm. and you're so tired, you know, after 12 hours of labor, you're like, oh, let's just, can we just quit now? Thank you. We're done. But, um, in raising kids, we had kids that succeeded and kids that failed and kids that succeeded again, you know, and so they had face down moments. And of course, as parents, we have those moments with them. You do. So you think about that, like Brene is saying, like those, that messy middle again, we, right now we have that opportunity to look back and say, Oh yes, I turned to my savior. I got through it. Okay. But too often we forget about that, those times, right? Like you're saying, Beth, is, and maybe it's a good thing because we're not reliving those, hashing out those memories over and over. Yeah, and we over let it go. Again. We don't dwell on it. Yeah, yeah. But when you do look back and remember some of those things, um, it, they are scary, right? What are some other emotions that you might have? Like when your kids are going through something that is just, you're watching them struggle and maybe, you know, maybe they got hurt at school or maybe they, whatever it looked like. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You Tell- hurt with them, but, mm-hmm. um, 
And if you let yourself go down, there are various paths. I'm sure Jen's familiar with all the different paths our inner critic can take us. There could be the path of you're not a good mom. You didn't prepare them for this. Oh, if only you had been more like this or more like that. I mean, there's all those things that, and Mm -hmm. those different paths can all lead you to different emotions. You can feel really disheartened. Um, You could just feel guilty, but you don't stay there. I guess it is like your arena. You don't, I mean, you can recognize you're going down, but you don't stay there because your ultimate right. purpose is the, the child, not you. And mm-hmm. so you get up and you go do what needs done to help them in whatever way that is. Yeah. Troy had a really good time with this when you asked, um, yeah. when you asked me to talk about it, because I told him when we were talking on Saturday, I'm like, she wants me to talk about grit and grace and face down moments. And I just don't know that we've really had face down moments. <laughs> and and this, can I just read you this little blip that he, yeah, please, yeah. please. Okay. So this is, we were, we've been together almost 45 years now. And so he said, okay, here's the list. Marrying Troy first opportunity face down moment. No. Right. Right. Yeah. Joining organized religion and committing my life to God. That was a big jump. That was a really big jump. That could have. How how did, how did your family respond to that? Um, Well, the same way that they responded when I told my mom, I was going to have my babies at home. She said, well, call me when it's over. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Joining, well, call me when it's over, you know, whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, my, I don't know that they were supportive and that they were never unsupportive. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't feel that, oh, I'm so excited for you or. Oh yeah. gosh, no. Oh gosh. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. So, no. so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Having babies one through 10, baby number four was, was a miscarriage. And so that was, that was a hard time birthing them at home, homeschooling all of them. There were a lot of face down moments when it came to math at my house. Um, I would have had a face down moment as a child, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well, and my kids, as they got to be adults, they said, I am going to threaten my children into doing their homework because I'm going to tell them if you don't do your math, I'm going to send you to Mimsy and Poppy's and Mimsy will make you cry. And Poppy will just confuse the daylights out of you. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were great at math. My husband is genius, but he thinks like an electrical engineer. And so it was, you know, he's way yeah, better now. He tutors the grandkids and he's great. Um, okay. So there was homeschooling all of them, running a small farm, milking goats, taking care of the cows. I didn't do a lot of the cows. The boys did that. But the okay. rain and the chickens and the mud. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So think about like even learning how to milk a goat, right? Yeah. Was that successful from the very start or did you have like some like we didn't have as many exciting moments with the goats because I researched Mm -hmm. it more after we had the exciting moments with the cows oh cows first okay good yeah Yeah, they're bigger that's good sure sure I had big boys they wanted to eat beef so we brought home cows Mm -hmm. but the cow that we brought home was from a dairy and she gave four gallons of milk in the morning and four gallons of milk in the evening right 
with all the cream and oh yeah, yeah. we made a lot of butter and a lot of ice cream and we learned to make cheese. But the thing was for us, we had to learn to love the cow because they, animals only respond to love. They don't respond well to your frustration and irritation. So running the small farm was, was a lot of optional, you know, face down in the mud kind of things. Um, Also, we do homeopathy and herbs and home medicine at our house. My kids Mm -hmm. have not been to the doctor a lot, except for real devastating things, broken bones. But all of that, when you're up at 2 a.m. and you're talking with your creator and you're praying and you know the answers in there before the internet and you've got Mm -hmm. your stack of books and you know you read it, you know, that's a pretty tough time. And so he just, he just rescued me, you know, he Mm -hmm. turned to the right page. But But there's a lot of pleading, right? A lot of pleading, a lot of pleading. pleading, there's concern, there's. And there's a lot of self-trust. You're kind of self-coaching yourself. Okay, come on, you can do this. You know this, you read this, just be patient. Mm-hmm. Settle your fears. Don't let that get big. Let's go focus, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was that. Bringing my folks to live with us in their final years. They didn't come live with us until they absolutely could not take care of themselves. Mm. And so they were here four or five years and we already had a bunch of people at home and we already had the small farm and we already had the homeschooling. And so wow. it that was really intense. Wow. Um, lots mm. of moments when I probably would have taken backwards then too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going into business, you know, getting, oh, I got really, really sick, was sick for nearly a year after my parents had lived here for three or four years. And so mm-hmm. all of those things and learning to do emotional release, that's when I learned to do emotional release and started to learn how all the things that I had learned through all of the years previous fit together, working with God and doing mm-hmm. emotional release. I could then get the answers that I really needed. So that it's was like weaving. It's like it was you. It was like, woven. All like of he was years. creating this beautiful tapestry. He's still not done, right? No, but, not, but I'm hoping that he'll be gentle for a little while now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then there's, then we took all of that. And after I did that with my folks and my folks passed on, then um, I started doing the coaching work for friends and for family and I'm starting to apply all of those things, which turned into the coaching business, which came with its own. I mean, the little girl who hid in the closet and then the girl who whispered into the, um, into the microphone to try and give a prayer, but was so terrified mm-hmm. now I had to figure out how to bring that to the public. Mm-hmm. And that's where creator-based coaching came in was learning. So that. Where, where did the tears, cause I'm sure you shed tears over that. Where did those tears? Yeah. Did no, no I you didn't. Tears over the business. Wow. No, the business has been one long fun ride. Yes. Oh man. That's amazing. Yeah. All the tears before. Okay. The babies and the home medicine and the schooling and the, we started schooling, homeschooling in Texas after being, we pulled our oldest daughter out of school because in kindergarten, she was very bright, beautiful, beautiful um, spirit, great learning. But by the end of the year, she wasn't happy and we weren't quite sure what was going on. So we had the summer figuring she would be great first grade, but then she's very soft-spoken, kind of like her mom, you know? Mm -hmm in that area, but she came very forcefully a week before school started and said, 
I'll go back, but I will not learn to read and write. I'm not doing it. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Oh. Oh. And so over the course of a weekend and a whole list of serendipitous events, came across a book called Teach Your Own. Um, mm. He talked about homeschooling. I thought, well, that sounds kind of cool. And then went into, um, went for the weekend, perfectly figuring it out. By Monday, we had decided, yes, this is exactly the right path for our husband, for our family. We went to the local satellite school for homes, to homeschool programs. Yeah. And the pastor told us we couldn't be a part of their program because we weren't Christian. But we already had all of her papers in our hands and we had already withdrawn her from kindergarten. Mm. You know, I don't know if that was a face down moment or what. It was definitely kind of suspended in time. Right. It's a little bit devastating. It's like, okay, we thought that this was all good. We followed the plan. We, right. right? So that is part of, you know, what he's saying is that, yeah, yeah. It was an arena it moment. It was an arena moment. It was yeah. a great, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but we knew we were doing the right thing. And so we just got on the phone and started turning the network. And then, the, then we found out what we did was illegal. <laughs> oh, I started talking to these other homeschool moms to get, you know, well, I can't do the satellite program. So where do I get books and how do I do this? And they're like, oh, okay, well, um, you don't want to have your daughter or any of your children out of the house between nine and three, because it's not legal here to do that. Wow. Wow. That ended that first year of homeschooling. Um, There was a court case that was settled and it's, it's very legal and very, actually Texas is the best state in the nation to homeschool in now, but it was kind of a gritty, take a deep breath, you know? And there were lots mm-hmm. of tears over homeschooling. Oh man. What like what are what are some of the, where did some of the tears come from? What they were some of the emotions? my belief that I need to teach my daughter just like my first grade teacher taught me, and that we needed to do school at home just like they did school at school. <clears throat> oh, interesting. So everything was my way, my party, you behave and get this done. That's mm. the, yeah. Again, learning mm. to be in love. Yeah. Mm. So, I love that. It was amazing. I love that. Yeah. The thing is, well, and I, my grandma taught me this years and years and years ago. Um, she was 96 pounds, five feet tall, little bitty sprite of a woman, absolutely sprite. And she would, when she was roused, would pound her fist wherever she was and say, it's the principle of the thing. <laughs> she had that spunk and so that just kind of you know it you knew what was right and you did what was right and I think that's really it was her grit passed on to my mom and dad you know and then passed down to our family to their children that made a big difference yeah wow I love how you talked about you know all of these different situations and that it did take the grit and it, and it took the grace to like, forgive yourself for when those words like, or things you say slip out. That's oh, yeah. you know, very good. That. Yeah. Um, but I just want to recognize you, Beth. And for all of you guys listening or watching out there, 
you know, everybody's not going to be like Beth. Beth is really, really good at getting up. Like she's having face down moments, guys, in the arena, but she is getting up fast. So there she has an ability and a gift to be able to say, yep, I slipped and I fell and I got a little dusty or I got a little muddy. And, you know, maybe once in a while she lands on her face, but not often. But she doesn't hang out there in the arena, yeah. like yeah. at the bottom of the arena. Yeah. And it's it's because of choices that you made. It's because you're so linked into your creator. Yeah, it's the and, way. It's it's really truly mm-hmm. feeling upwards. You know, Margaret Atwood quote that I just love so much. She says, um, do it, do it again. She's talking about writing, but it applies to everything in life. Do it, do it again, fail, fail better, do it more, do it again. And you just keep going. You know, you just keep failing. <laughs> and you're right. Face down moments don't feel good. But if you don't stay there. You, you don't do have to stay have, there. But you do get to have scheduled pity parties. <laughs> <laughs> that's important, right? Because that's if we really keep, important, yes. Yeah, because if we bury all of our emotions under that rug or keep sweeping them under the carpet, then we have um, where's my mountain is you book? I don't have it right up, but we yeah, have to self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. gotta you gotta take time to feel the feels and let them pass through and just be there. Oh, you've got something to say, Jen. I see. Yeah, I do. Cause I'm going to circle back around to Brene Brown. Cause I love her yeah. and I like how she talks about um, this in her daring greatly book about how you need to have that person that cause not everybody is safe or should hear your story. Right. So you yeah. have to have that person or people that you can share those intimate things with because they will go there with you in your pain and in your struggle. Not everybody can do that, but I like how she says, and these are her words. You find your, you find that person that you can um, bitch and moan with perspective. And so I love that party and then pull yourself up. I mean, we all have to go there and just cry and woe is me. Woo-hoo, and then say, okay, now I can do this. Right. You know, so, yeah. yeah. But you got to have the pity party time. You really do. You mm-hmm. got to let yourself be down. And and you have to have those safe people. Mm-hmm. You do. And then, yep. Yep. It's so true. That is yeah. True. Oh my gosh. I love that. So you guys, as you think about this week, what, you know, as you're going through this week, um, pay attention <laughs> to what's going on, you know, in your life and what are some moments that you're actually in the arena and how does that look? I mean, we're not always failing or falling. There's successes in that arena, right? We're (laughs) some really good ones. Yeah. And sometimes people are rooting for you even more when you fall and you get up quickly, right? And, And you're able to, or you've overcome something really big. And I think sharing your stories and being able to say, yeah, I've been through hard things that that's so vital and so important. People need to know that they're not alone and maybe not everybody relates to your story, Beth, but there's probably part of it that they're going to relate to a little piece. You really learn how wonderful people are when something super bad happens, you know, Mm -hmm. people just come out from the woodwork. It is beautiful. (laughs) And you look at all of the, the disasters, the natural disasters we've had, the tornadoes or the big storms or the earthquakes and how people just yeah. come to help. 
And we've all had earthquakes in our lives. Even if the ground didn't move, it felt like an earthquake, mm -hmm. you know, and there's just so much goodness there. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. That grace, the grace of goodness, the, that people are just innately good. And that's huge. That's huge. It is, it is huge. That grace is amazing. Renee, um, in part of her book, um, she, it's part the part called the reckoning and the rumble. This is I love this part because I need to run. I need to rumble, and that's what we're learning is how to rumble with our emotions, how to rumble with which is questioning. Right? Jen's really good at saying, "Okay, I just ask myself these questions." That's the rumble. That's the rumble part. But I love this quote. It says. It's called the manifesto of the brave and brokenhearted. And all y'all out there, see if this isn't you. Um, there is no greater threat to the critics and cynics and foremongers, fear mongers, than those of us who are willing to fall because we have learned how to rise with skin, knees and bruised hearts. We choose owning our stories of struggle over hiding over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they, they define us. When we run from the struggle, we are never free. So we turn toward the truth and look at it in the eye. We will not be characters in our own stories, not the villains, not the victims, not even the heroes. We are the authors of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, courage from failure. Showing up is our power. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and brokenhearted. We are rising strong. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. So pay attention. It's your story. It's your you story. You are the author. You yeah. are the creator of your life. Yeah. The creator-based way. It is absolutely the creator-based way. She just wrote it so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Love the way she says these things come from the heartbreaks, the compassion from the shame, the grace from disappointment, the courage from failure. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just show up in your arena. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Keep showing up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Next week, we're going to hear about one of uh, Jen's arena moments or maybe a compilation. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Have a week to rest. Yeah, have a few hours. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh, It'll be God. fun. So, what's going on this week? What do we have coming up, you guys? Tomorrow, I know we have coaching Claire. Mm -hmm. one thirty central book club on wednesday at one thirty central it's good it's really good <laughs> the mountain is you yeah um man i'm learning a lot about emotions and i really never liked the part where you know it's our self-sabotage but the way she explains it, it really makes a lot of sense where it's like, okay, I can see how that is sabotaging. Away. Yeah. 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 Taking me away from my creator, from limitless 
you know, opportunities yeah. keep me limited. Yeah. What I, I just love, sorry, sorry, Jason, go ahead. No, I was just asking you what you thought. Yeah. I just, I love how she takes that whole view of self-sabotage and turns it into something that's positive and hopeful. It's mm-hmm. showing us where our greatest work can be done instead of just something that we have to manage or something that we just have to be aware of and just be like, oh, well, this is just me. No, it's showing us, you know, this is the clue, dig deeper. This is where you're going to overcome. And that's what I love about how she's helping us to see sabotage, self-sabotage in a different light. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, great book. Really great book. Nice. And then we have our podcast. So if you guys have missed any of these little fireside chats that we like to do on the 50th page, you can find the podcast, A Creator-Based Life, on iTunes or Spotify or pretty much anywhere there is social media over there, A Creator-Based Life, and listen to all of the back ones. On YouTube, if you come to A Creator-Based Life or Creator-Based Coaching, um, you can watch all of the old uh, three-minute miracle hoardings too, which is really fun. And all mm, of the old so stuff here. Got a great one on YouTube. It's a good channel. Yeah. So there's lots of good happening. And and share it, you guys. Again, friendship February, not just in February, but you know, there are there are little bits and pieces that that are out there to help somebody. And you guys know who they are. So please share, please share. And it's whatever that second voice inside your head is again, for me, it's like, oh, well, they won't listen to it or they don't have time or they don't, if they come to your mind, just share. Yeah. Invite them. That's, that's your job. If they come to your mind, that's your job is to share. So yeah. And how easy Just send a text with, Hey, did you, have you heard this? And yeah. you can do it. You can share it away and they'll have that light as well. Yeah. It's pretty great stuff. A creator based life is a happy life. It is a beautiful way to be. Well, till next week then my friends, we will be here. Same time, same bat channel in a week. Talking to Jen about her grit and grace moments. Beautiful. Face moments. Bye bye. All right, guys. Bye. I can choose to be happy. Choose to be free. Moment by moment. It's all up to me. Cause what I think about, I bring about. That's the way it is. And there is no doubt. Day by day, I pave the way with every little thought I think. Thanks for joining us today in A Creator-Based Life. I hope you felt that compassion, mindfulness, and hope you came seeking today. You can find more of it at cmhcoaching.com or on linktree slash cmhcoaching. Of course, any social media outlet, we're there too. Because you felt the benefit and light in this message, please invite those you care deeply about to join us. Help us to create a ripple effect across the globe of compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Then we can create a creator-based life together. Have a great week, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. With gratitude, I give thanks for everything. With every little thought, I think I can choose to be happy, choose to be free. Moment by moment, it's all up to me, because what I think of. Bring about, that's the way it is, and there is no doubt.
watch your